Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne and I'm here today with Janie Pitts. Janie is an author and she wrote a book called Deeply Defined and she's going to tell us a little bit about her book today, but also we're going to focus on the concept of forgiveness. So first of all, welcome Janie. Thank you, Anne. Happy to be here. And Janie, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Um, I am a a missions mobilizer at my church. I've been on church staff now for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband is also on staff. We have two kids and I am the author of Deeply Defined. Well, tell me about what, what does missions mobilizer mean? I mean, I have an idea of what I think it would be, but for people who don't have that position in their church, can you explain what that is a little bit? Yes, it means I have one of the coolest jobs in the world. Um, I am over anything missions at our church. So if it's local, national, or international, I'm your girl. And so we have probably 15 um, to 20 local partnerships that we do things with. Then we have three different national, and then we have four or five international. But with COVID, Hmm. you know, that's been a little bit more of a challenge, but we've still gotten to do things with them. So that's good. Awesome. And where are you located? I'm in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky. I was hearing something in your voice. Yeah. The Southern, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> I'm in Southern California. So I think we talk normal and you guys are the ones with accents, but <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay. So that, that sounds like quite a bit of outreach that, that you're in charge of. So that's really exciting. Yes, I love it. And, you know, one reason I wrote the book is that I realized that Christians, we use words all the time that we can't explain when asked. We'll say grace or mercy or holiness. And people aren't familiar with those words. will say, what is that? And even other Christians who are newer to the faith, what is that? And people can't explain them. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to take Greek and Hebrew and first century culture and really dig in deep, but make it conversational and fun because there's all sorts of resources out there. If you want to get deep and theological, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot out there that are conversational just for the average Joe. And so that's what this is for. It's just for the average Joe or Joelle. I don't know what a good girl name is for Joe. <laughs> Joanna. There you go. Yeah. So either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so say more about who did you write this book for? Because I know when God gives you a vision for a project, like you have somebody in mind, right? Yes. It's, it's really for two groups. It's for the Christian that wants to go deeper in their faith mm-hmm. and really wants to understand the Bible on 
kind of a cellular level. They want mm-hmm. it to completely permeate their entire life, you know? And uh, so somebody that really is serious and wants to grow in the Lord. And then it also is for that person checking out Christianity or who's a new believer and doesn't know all that, you know, churchese that we talk about that Christianese, it, it helps explain all of those words. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're just kind of a casual believer, you probably would not like this book actually. Oh. So it's the, <laughs> yeah. you know what I, and thank you for sending me a copy so I could prepare for this. It, it's, uh, the person that I had in mind as I was reading it was, somebody who maybe was raised in church and knew some of these things, but then didn't really take faith on as their own in adulthood and then found themselves coming back to faith and needed like that refresher of like, what is this all about? Like, what, what is that difference between grace and mercy or, you know, yes. Why do I believe this? Yeah, Yeah. And you did have, um, just if I can describe it for listeners too, you had like this balance between, okay, here's a Hebrew word that you need to know. And here's all the nuance that that would have held in Hebrew language that we don't really get in English or, or in Greek. Right. And then here's a funny story about me and Corey. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. And I have yes. to say probably the, my favorite page in the book was when you talked about you and Corey and your love for Spurgeon and Spurge. Yes. <laughs> and I had to take a picture of it and send it to my mom because my mom is a big Spurgeon fan and she's awesome. constantly sending me little snippets of sermons that he wrote years and years and years ago. Yes. And, um, she loves him so much that my sister who does like some lino cut art made a lino cut a portrait of Charles Spurgeon and it sits wow. on my mom's nightstand. <laughs> I love that on her nightstand. Yeah. You know, he wrote with purple ink. So a great I gift for that. her would be, yeah, like get a fountain pen and fill it with purple ink. Oh, that is so cool. Well, she's going to listen to this, so it won't be a surprise. Oh, I'll well, give it sorry, to mom. Before. <laughs> before she hears this episode come out. But um, I I just thought that was so funny how you develop kind of like this affinity to someone, even someone long dead, but that shares kind of like that kindred spirit in in loving Jesus the way you want to love Jesus, right? And to minister to people. So we're going to start saying spurge. Spurge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's funny. Did you and Corey go to seminary together? We did. We, we met in college, actually. Mm-hmm. I had kind of sworn off men at the time <laughs> and God laughed, patted me on the head and said, here's Corey. And so, but we both, we went to college in Alabama, but we went to seminary in Texas. Oh. And the fact that we both were headed there was just, it was a God thing. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> what a fun experience to have with your, your spouse. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's dig in a little bit. Um, I, I said in the intro, we're going to talk about forgiveness today. And let me tell you why I wanted you to come and talk about this specifically out of all the topics in your book, this one specific, because uh, as a marriage and family therapist, I work um, predominantly with people, well, 
all people are in relationship. And so, whereas lots of other therapists, lots of other types of therapists can work with like mental health disorders and different kinds of diagnoses and, and different kinds of systemic problems that people might run into marriage and family therapists in particular, our scope of practice is relationships. And so when you have relationships with anybody, you have a chance for hurt and you have a chance for things to go wrong. And pretty much every relationship you ever have is going to have conflict or hurt or something. And so this is why God has so much to say to us about forgiveness Because he wants us to be one. He wants us to be unified and that's going to require forgiveness just as he forgave us. But what I have found from reading the Bible is that it doesn't really give you a playbook. (laughs) Like, right. Yes. He says, forgive. And you're like, okay, what does that look like? So help us unpack this, Janie. Yes. Okay. And this is where, this is where, when you get into the etymology of where, which is just a fancy word for where the words come from yeah. in Hebrew, it gets really cool. The Hebrew language is, is super old. It's an ancient language. So that means that everything has kind of a picture or an action to it. Mm-hmm. And so in my book, I honed in on three words that all can be translated and are translated as forgiveness, but they're also translated as something else. And so it gives us a picture and it gives us three different pictures, um, of, of forgiveness. The the first word, um, is called Nisa and it means to lift, to carry or to forgive. And it's that idea of when they toss the grain and the chaff blows away, Mm -hmm. that's that idea of, of forgiveness that, that God can lift our sins and he can carry away our sins with the wind. Mm-hmm. And so the, the good part or, or, you know, whatever that relationship is still there, it's still in that basket, like that kernel of wheat. Mm-hmm. And then the bad part was lifted and carried away. Wow. So that's, that's one picture of forgiveness. Another one, another word is called, um, kafir. And it means to cover, to atone for sin. And it's used in Genesis when Noah is talking uh, about, or when God is talking to Noah about covering the ark with pitch. Mm-hmm. And it says to cover it really, really thick and, and to, to, cuff, uh, to cuffare. And so that's where we get that idea of that Jesus covers our sins. Mm -hmm. So he can lift and carry our sins away, you know, so that we don't have to hold on to them. We don't have to be defined by them. And then he also can cover them. So if we feel ashamed or, you know, um, anxious, the Lord can cover it with his, with his goodness and his grace and his forgiveness. Um, and then another Hebrew word is salach, and it means to pardon or forgive. And that's kind of the way that we see it is if you forgive, then you pardon and, and you move on. And the idea um, is the way that a king would, would pardon an offender. Mm-hmm. So those are the three Hebrew 
words and, and ideas and pictures that we can have of forgiveness. Um, and then there is a Greek word, um, ephemi, which you can break it down. The apo means away from, and the hemi is send away. So when you put that, it means send away from. And so to forgive is, is uh, to, to send away whatever it was you know, that, that happened. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the, the Hebrew and Greek ideas of forgiveness. And it's important that we understand that because God can lift and carry our sins. He can cover our sins. He can pardon our sins. He can send our sins away, Mm -hmm. but then we also, we need to do that for others because if we're going to accept forgiveness then we also need to be willing to, to give it. it it's, it's a two-way street. Yeah. So I know in, in one of your chapters, you talk about that, like uh, we've been forgiven. So we forgive. And yes. um, even, even scripture that points out that if we're not ready to forgive, then we don't right. get God's forgiveness. Um, right. What? Yes. What can you say to listeners that are struggling to forgive? I think what we have to do, and and I know that as a counselor, you probably say this too, you can forgive and you don't always have to restore a relationship, especially if that relationship was damaging to you or incredibly unhealthy, if there was abuse or something mm-hmm. like that. But we still... Um, we can forgive. Forgiveness is is similar to grace. Mm-hmm. Um, grace is is loving someone anyway, yeah. and grace is about the giver. Forgiveness is about is about you. It is about the person who is forgiving. When mm-hmm. God forgives us, it's about Him. It's about His goodness and His love. And when we forgive someone, it's not. It's not about them and their character. It's about us and our character. Mm-hmm. And so when we can forgive, especially as Christians, you know, we, we are supposed to forgive because we've been forgiven. And that doesn't mean that we have to go be best friends with, you know, someone who is, who has hurt us in, in a horrible way. Yeah. Um, but we can move on from that and be free from that because forgiveness does bring freedom because it gets rid of that bitterness. It gets rid of the anger. It gets rid of, um, I I think that you can work through the hurt, but you do get to keep the wisdom from it Mm -hmm. and wisdom without bitterness is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you see forgiveness producing wisdom? I think, I think forgiveness produces wisdom because, um, it allows us, it allows us to practice being Christ-like, first of all, mm-hmm. it allows us to practice a character. Maybe, maybe that forgiveness is bigger than us, but it's not bigger than the one in us. And when we can understand the Lord more, I think that we have a deeper wisdom just about life. I think we learn more about love. I think we can learn more about peace. I think we learn more about the person that we want to be in and through Christ. Mm-hmm. And so practicing that forgiveness, it, it wisdom is, is knowledge lived out. And so I guess with forgiveness, learning wisdom for forgiveness, it's knowledge and faith mm-hmm. lived out that, that gives us wisdom. Mm-hmm. 
in that faith, part of forgiveness is the faith in God that he makes, he's the one that makes things all right for you. Not, you don't make yes. things all right for your own life. And that other person right. that hurts you is not the one that makes your life. Okay. It's right. It's your faith in God. Yes. And he's healer. You know, he's the one who can step in and heal and help us move on. And yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any practical steps or tips that you would give the audience about practicing forgiveness or learning how to do it? You know, one, one thing, my favorite word at this book, I defined over 50 words and I have a favorite word that I think of all the time, probably because I have kids Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the, the word is be still. Mm -hmm. And I use four different be stills that I talk about in that chapter in the book. But my favorite one is from Psalms 46, 10, yeah. be still and know that I'm God and that be still, and if you'll do it with me and the listeners can do it too, because it's a good, it's a practical thing. Yeah. Um, if you put your hands up close to your face, like it's a fist, like you're going to fight and squeeze as hard as you can, you're going to feel it in your forearm, forearms, you're going to feel it in your biceps, you're going to feel it in your shoulders, you're going to feel it everywhere. And you're just going to be tight. Mm -hmm. Now just let go and relax. That is the picture of the mm -hmm. Hebrew word Rafa, which means to be still. And it means to relax or cease fighting or let go. And the reason why it's 46 Tim is be still, which is that raw motion that we just did. But the no is an experiential thing. It's not just a cerebral. I memorized it. Right. It's uh, be still, you know, cease fighting, experience God and know. And when we can let go of things that we're having trouble forgiving when we can cease fighting with something or someone, a thought, an insecurity, whatever it is, and we can experience God, then that living water is going to flow through us. And that forgiveness is going to, it's going to come out. I, I think forgiveness is, is a skill that has to be learned. Mm. It has to be practiced and, you know, that, that be still, um, I use it a lot because I have to cease fighting and let go. Cause I don't want to worry about my kids. Right. I'm like, yeah. okay, Lord, you've got this, mm -hmm. but it also, it also can be, um, be seen in the eyes of forgiveness and what it means. Yeah. I like that. You said that forgiveness is a skill that you have to learn and practice. It is. So so maybe step one is like this exercise that you just gave us of clenching your fists in front of your face and feeling the tension and then letting it go. This in therapy, we call this progressive muscle relaxation. When you go through each of the muscles in your body and then you, you tense and then you relax and it teaches your body when you go through this process, teaches your body to relax because sometimes your muscles just kind of forget how to do it when you've been tense for a long time. And so if our body can do that, then our spirit as well can learn to release that. Yes. And let God handle it. Right. Yes. Okay. And, and releasing, I like the word that you used release. I mean, forgiveness is all about releasing mm -hmm. those negative feelings, the bitterness, the rage, the anger, the, whatever it is, the hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's about releasing it. Yeah. 
And I'm sorry, but you said, let it go. And now I have frozen songs stuck in my head because I have little kids. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I think that a lot of times, especially for Christians, we get this feeling that we have to let it go. And that means that it didn't matter and it, in, in a way it invalidates the fact that you got hurt or that something was right. done wrong. And that's not exactly what you're saying, is it? No, no. And, and I think that's where we talked about wisdom earlier, mm-hmm. because if you forgive, I think you, you learn through that process that, you know, this is not okay to be treated like this. It's not okay for someone to say this or do this or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's super important that forgiveness is not just forgetting about it and, and moving on. Mm-hmm. It is letting go. It is having a Christ-like character, but still acknowledging that it happened, but that God is bigger and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me this in all of your years of ministry, I'm sure you've come across a lot of uh, situations where people needed to learn forgiveness or yeah. had um, amazing experiences of forgiveness. And what in your experience have you seen that due to people's minds and hearts? either not having forgiveness or having it. I've seen both Uh, people that refuse to forgive and cannot forgive that root of bitterness. It's real. Mm -hmm. And that bitterness, it seeps into every area of their life. And at first they may only become angry about whatever it is that offended them, Mm -hmm. but it, it eventually seeps into relationships, how they see themselves, how they see the Lord, and Mm -hmm. it defines and affects them in a very negative way. And it binds them Mm -hmm. and the Lord. I mean, he sent Jesus so we could be free. Mm -hmm. So I have seen the the negative side of that, but I've also seen the positive. I mean, there is a lady in our church that had horrible things happen to her but yet she is learning to forgive and she is learning to grow closer to the Lord. And she's freer than most other people I know who have had a cakewalk for life Mm -hmm. because of her attitude. And she acknowledges what happened. It was real, but yet she can let it go and she's moved on and it's, it's just beautiful. And I respect her so much. Mm -hmm. I often struggle with this idea that like some hard things have to happen to you in your life. If you're going to have any depth, (laughs) Yeah. if if you're going to really learn to trust God in a deep way, you can't have like a cakewalk life. And so I struggle personally with saying, okay, I want things to be easy and comfortable, but I also want to know God really deeply. And so am I going to have to submit myself to some really hard things to achieve that? And of course, God is sovereign and I don't get to really pick one way or the other, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I, I do see that as, as you're describing this woman in your church, that, um, God can use this process of forgiveness as part of your sanctification. Like you're becoming more Christ-like as you're working through this really hard stuff. Yes. And forgiving it. 
And, you know, this woman had to learn to feel again. She had completely turned off mm-hmm. all feeling and she's learned. So whenever she cries, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. You're feeling. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And, and forgiveness does it, it loosens up your emotional joints and not only allows you to cry, but it allows you to experience joy and freedom and hope and things that if you are tied into bitterness and unforgiveness, you're not going to have that. Mm-hmm. So brainstorm with me here a little bit. Um, you gave us that image of like clenching and then, then feeling that relaxation um, and, and the scripture be still and know that goes with that from Psalm 46, 10. Um, what other, what other tips or steps or practices might people go through? I think, and I talk about this in the book too. I had had some people really offend me and wrong me mm-hmm. and I was praying for them mm-hmm. and, but I was complaining to Corey about it Okay, and I realized okay, I'm, I'm praying for and genuine prayer. It wasn't like Lord smite them. It was Lord. They obviously don't get this whole, you know, act like Jesus thing, yeah. help them. But then I was turning around and being like, I can't believe well, only to Corey, but I still was saying it. And yeah. I was holding bitterness in my soul. Mm-hmm. And I just broke down when I realized that in tears. And I thank the Lord for showing me my sin of what I needed to mm-hmm. repent from. And that I started praying not only for them, but for me too. Yourself. And man, so, you know, if, if you're struggling, if you're in a situation, if you're a listener and you're in a, in a, in a situation now and you're praying for someone, but you're not praying for yourself, mm. absolutely pray that you will also forgive that you will be set free. Mm. And with me, it was such, it was such this huge realization that I had been holding on to bitterness and I hadn't realized it, that, mm-hmm. that those shackles just completely fell off. And I'm sure sometimes it won't be that fast, <laughs> but that time it was, cause it just floored me. Yeah. And I, and I'm really thankful that I had that experience because yeah. it was humbling. Yeah. It's almost like God wanted to make a point with you, huh, Janie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, get over yourself, Jen. Yeah. You need to be pray for yourself too. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, um, it's just something that I've experienced is that um that rehearsing of wrongs, like the rehearsing is when you tell people about it or when you go over it again in your head about why you're yeah. so hurt or why you're so angry and and then telling everybody about those wrong things that they did, it's, it sure cements it in your brain, you know, yeah. versus praying for them and praying for yourself, like um, looking for ways to give them the benefit of the doubt, looking for ways to give them compassion and understanding. And um, I, I think that's probably one area that I was convicted in recently that I need to stop rehearsing it because yeah, just it's digging a rut in my brain. (laughs) Right. And even, you know, when, when we pray about it, Mm -hmm. we should not pray that they will stop this or stop that. We should really think about it and think, you know what, what is the opposite of whatever negative that it is? What's the positive? Mm -hmm. And I need to pray that positive into their life. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's, um, if they're really mean, and bitter, then father, give them freedom and joy. 
Yeah. Because the mean and the bitterness is sort of like what you're talking about is mm-hmm. I could still be rehearsing it through prayer. You know how we <laughs> like in a group, you'll do prayer requests and it's a gossip session. It. Like it's, the, it's like a gossip with the Lord, right? Yeah. You're like, they're mean and they're bitter. Instead say, no, 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 Lord, help them, give them joy, give them hope, give them freedom. Yeah. And when you're doing that, that also stops that mm-hmm. digging a ditch in our minds. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, let me tell you what's wrong with them. <laughs> Right. Like, I already, point out all their faults because I already know I'm perfect. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, I, I want there to be like really practical tips for people because I know if somebody, um, opens up their podcast app and they sees that we're talking, they see that we're talking about forgiveness today. They're going to want to know, like, just how do I do it? So let's, yeah. let's recap here. There's this, um, understanding what, what forgiveness means and like yes. these, um, four biblical words that you gave us. So the lifting and carrying away the covering, the pardoning, and then the sending far away. Yes. Um, Hey, I got it. (laughs) I wasn't looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) I was paying attention. Um, So we have an understanding of that. And if we can develop some of those um, more like visual images or mental pictures, like you mentioned, the Hebrew language helps with. um, So we, we have that that understanding we have like this relaxation into God's sovereignty and that like be still no verse. Yes. Um, we have uh, praying for good things to come into the um, life and mind and heart of the, of your offender. And then yes. also for yourself. <laughs> yes. Don't forget yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, be better. and then I added, don't, don't keep rehearsing all the wrongs that they did to you. Yes. Anything else you want to add to this process? You know, if I'm a, I love to like prayer journal, Mm. um, prayer journaling is really good too, to write it out. I think sometimes, um, if you do get angry or you're hurt or whatever, you can write a letter to the Lord. And I mean, you can burn it. You don't have to keep it. It may not even be good if you do keep it. Cause again, you don't want to rehearse it. So mm-hmm. you could write it and then just throw it away, but that may help get out some of the bitterness as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when you're doing that scripture verses may come to mind mm-hmm. that deal with the subject at hand mm-hmm. and you can write those down underline those in your Bible. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, but just working it out and moving towards the Lord Mm -hmm. is what's going to help that forgiveness take over your life. Yeah. And then if I can just add a little bit more of like the counseling piece, if you're having an issue that you're really struggling with, um, forgiving someone about, a counselor, a professional counselor is a really good person to talk to about it because they're going to, validate what you're feeling, but also not let you stay there. And hopefully you have friends in your life like that as well, but sometimes your friends get just as huffy about how you've been hurt as as you are, Um, (laughs) or they're actually the one that hurt you. So then you can't talk to them about it as much. So having a counselor that can walk through that forgiveness, and then even to help you see uh, what actually went wrong in this relationship? Are there things that I can do differently? Are there things that I really need to set a boundary on? Like I need to not be 
I need to not reconcile with this person because it's not safe or healthy for me. Like in the case of abuse or, um, to use a modern word, toxicity. Um, <laughs> like sometimes there's people that we don't reconcile with and that's probably a whole other conversation, <laughs> but because we always want to reconcile with God, even though we sin and we always are thankful that he calls us to the ministry of reconciliation. Yes. But that doesn't mean everybody's good for you in your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. So I just want to highlight that, that sometimes a counselor could be the person that you talk through this with, and that can hold space for you and help you um, figure out a, a different way of being in the world. Um, that's really helpful. And then I imagine... Um, Janie, maybe from your experience being on church staff, like there are, there are staff members that want to talk to you, small group leaders, um, parking lot volunteers, you know, like <laughs> people yes. are there at church to talk to you about this. Yes. And, you know, we, we consider ourselves as, as ministers, we consider ourselves the gateway to, um, to a counselor. You know, we aren't trained counselors. We have had a couple of counseling classes Mm -hmm. in seminary, but we are not trained counselors. Mm -hmm. We can listen, we can talk, we can pray, but yeah, if your pastor tells you to go see a counselor, please go see a counselor. Don't stop just with that pastor, continue on your journey, continue moving forward so that you don't get stuck. And let me just add, if your pastor doesn't tell you to go see a counselor, do it anyway. (laughs) Yes, that's true too. That's true too. Not all pastors are really fans of um, therapy and psychology and that, um, that being the case, they're still not like just Janie just said, they're not equipped to deal with some of the, the depth of what your relationship or your mental health is going through. So, and you, you can listen to other episodes of soul grit where we talk about that, um, exact problem, but, um, just, I just want listeners to know, especially if you're not involved in the church community right now, that, this is what we're here for. This is what the family of God is here for. Help you live out the calling that Jesus has on your life. If you want to be like Jesus, you need other people around you to do that. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Well, Jamie, thank you for talking through that with us. There's lots more content in Jamie's book. Um, I love that she shared some of her favorite words with us. And if you want to get like just a little bit of that um, little dose of Hebrew and Greek and um, kind of get some of those churchy words out there where you actually know what you're talking about, then this is going to be a great option for you. Can you say the full name of the book with a subtitle, Janie? Yes, it is deeply defined understanding who you are in Christ. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books Million. It's on target.com, walmart.com, things like that. Yeah. So where else can people connect with you and see what you're working on? Yes. Uh, Well, you can check out my website, janiepitts.com. And then I also am on Instagram and Facebook at official Janie Pitts. Official Janie Pitts. Okay. Official Janie Pitts. <laughs> Ooh, sounds official. <laughs> it's official. Okay. Well, um, Janie, let me ask you the question I ask all my guests. What are you doing for soul care? Yes. 
I have a quiet time every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I miss that, uh, my soul is not in as good of a shape as it should be. Um, and in my quiet time, I have a, I have a prayer journal and, um, I usually follow a, a quiet time, you know, book or guide, and then I'll read my Bible. Um, and then just sit and, and listen also just to see, okay, what do I feel like the Lord is moving in my heart? Mm-hmm. And that, that in the morning with my coffee just gets me on the right foot every day. Yeah. Do you have any uh, favorite um, quiet time guides? Well, deeply defined to be used as well. <laughs> I have been actually. <laughs> How do you think? Yeah, yeah it, it's 30 chapters and I never thought about that. I had a friend tell me, oh, I'm doing like a chapter, chapter a, day. a day. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And just to um, mention also that it does have like a reflection question at the end of each chapter too. So that helps yes. you deepen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And actually too, on my website, there's free study guides. If you mm-hmm. want to do it as a group, yeah. um, you can read five chapters and then get together and use it as a six week Bible study mm-hmm. for you and your small group or Sunday school or group of girls, whatever. Yeah. Really good discipleship tool. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so besides deeply defined, did you have a favorite? Uh, let's see. I, you know, I have a lot. I, I just finished Kay Arthur's study on covenant. It is excellent. Um, it's one of those books that you do that you, that you fill stuff out. Um, uh, let's see, Beth Moore did one on the Psalms of Ascent. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what that's called, but it is fabulous. Is it the Um, vines one vines Mm, or that's her other one? It's, it's got a, it's got two feet on it, like going okay. up the stairs. It's really good. Okay. Um, and then Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. Mm-hmm. That's a classic. I think you can get it for like five bucks, yeah. but it's so good. I always go back to that. And Spurge has one that's <laughs> called morning and evening. That yes. is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to, you know, get some Spurge in your life, that's a good way <laughs> to do it as well. So, yeah. Okay. So there's some options for you. Some old dead guys and yes. also some fiery women from this century. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. <there> you go. <laughs> yes. That's great. Um, well, I thank you for being here. Thanks for giving your time and helping us to unpack this. And I hope, um, lots of people are blessed by your book now that they know about it. And, um, yeah, just thank you. Well, and thanks for having me. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.